Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Carla Howard. Carla is a strategic change consultant, professional speaker, and dream enabler. The thread that runs through her work is a love for personal personal and business transformation, whether helping corporations manage change, delivering keynotes, teaching emergent speakers how to get paid from the stage, or helping kind and ambitious women realize that they can dream bigger and reach further. Carla helps people move from where they are today to where they want to be in the future through inspiration and support. People experience a significant (laughs) increase in their level of confidence as they learn new skills and behaviors so that they can capitalize on their natural strengths, lead with influence and grace, and even navigate office politics. It's going to be a really interesting discussion today. Carla, thank you so much for joining me. And welcome to the show. Oh, God. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to have this conversation. So what's really interesting about it, that introduction that I, that I massacred, right, you know, that I read through, is that, <laughs> you know, you, uh, you have all this great experience in public speaking, right? And, you know, also in, you, you know, in helping leaders really, you know, coming out of their cocoons and realizing how they can be much better and more powerful versions of themselves. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing? Well, thank you so much. I think one of the things that has really shaped my life and my approach is I'm a military brat. So, you know, I grew up having to really learn when you move to a new place and you're a young person, how do you fit into that community? How do you identify who your people are? And it's it's just a very different upbringing, I think, than when you are, you know, you grew up in the same place and you have the same friends kind of forever, right? So there's challenging things about that experience too. I will say the thing that really shaped me and my leadership and my approach because of that experience is the confidence. So really learning that you can do things that you're afraid of and getting out there, meeting new people and creating your, your new community is one of those things. I love that story because basically what you're saying is that, you know, every couple of years you got an opportunity to reinvent yourself, mm-hmm. right? If you did That's not correct. like, if you did not like who you were in middle school and then you traveled <laughs> over to high school and it's like, well, if I was that mousy girl before I can be this alpha woman, now and nobody would you know nobody would contradict right and i think what's interesting about that is it allows you to really develop 
you know, these, uh, you, you know, like a chameleon to, to develop this change of colors and change of attitude. How did that affect you though? You know, especially when you're getting, you know, like into high school and then into college, like you're constantly meeting new people. You're constantly navigating new and anxious relationships and you're trying to make, you know, you're just trying to make sense of it all. You're trying to find yourself, right? And you're trying to project this image of yourself that you want people to like as well. What was that like? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that you picked up on the reinventing yourself because I would literally think we always drove. We drove cross country because my dad was in the Coast Guard. And I remember being in the car thinking, how do I want this experience to be different from the last one? And what do I have to do to make that happen? And it kind of turned into, you know, you're becoming all the time. Like, what is it that I want for myself and how how can I achieve that? Uh, I think the hard part is as you get older and you're like me going into high school. Yeah, that's tough because those are challenging years. Anyway, I will say my dad did a really good job of structuring that move so that we never moved in the middle of the year. And when I got to the the ninth grade, he said to the family, okay, these years are so important. I'm close to retirement. I'm going to retire and we are going to stay put so that you can stay at the same high school from the time you're a sophomore until you graduate. And then we ended up staying there permanently. And my, my sister had a little bit longer runway of being in the same place. So my dad and my mom did a really good job of thinking through this, right? This is a great experience. She's learning a lot of things. We're going to guide her along the way. And when it gets to that point where it's critical that she maintains some, you know, stability, we're going to arrange that so that that happens too. So, you know, having great parents was, was a good part of being able to create that experience that was meaningful and didn't put me in a position where I didn't feel like I was on solid ground. You know, as a father of two girls, one in college, one in high school, and they're both, uh, you know, like in these very pivotal, uh, pivotal uh, times in their lives where they can, you know, come out and blossom and really showing what it is that they want to be as adults. What kind of, what kind of advice would you give, would you give to, uh, to young women like that, uh, you know, that are making those decisions that are starting adulting, so to speak, and that they're able to really start to capitalize on their personalities and what makes them amazing as well. What would you say to them? Yeah. Oh gosh. So many things. I think the number one thing is lean into the things that bring you joy and do not, do not let anyone tell you that those are not the things you should be leaning into. We can create such amazing lives and careers when we follow the things that that give us life, that fill us up, that make us happy and bring us joy. You know, it, it might be that a young woman loves cooking. It's like lean into that. How can you create a career out of something that you love so that your life has meaning? Maybe, you know, she, she loves hockey. Okay, great. How do you lean into that? And don't ever let anyone tell you that that's not good enough or that you should love something else. So that would be my, my biggest piece of advice. Thank you so much for that. That's really, uh, that's really nice. It's a really nice thing to say. Let's fast forward a little bit to how you help out people today, right? So, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a speaker, as a mentor, 
how do you project that public speaking is really one of the main keys to, you know, that can really amplify your, your career development. I mean, I learned this a little bit later in life. You know, I was the kid that started in high school, so I, I would totally shy away from anything that had to do with speaking to more than one person at a time, you know, but now look at me, you know, now I have a podcast and like, it's all good. Right. But you know, what happens is that, you know, that's not a natural path for, you know, for people to take, No, you know, and, um, and learning how to speak, right. Is probably one of those, one of the most underrated skills, right. When you think about what it takes in order to project yourself in order to get, in order to enhance your career, better career prospects, you know, more money in your coaching or entrepreneurial business. How does that look? How do you help women, you know, figure out that, you know, that aspect of their lives and able to improve that? Yeah, that I love, love, love that question because learning how to be a competent speaker will absolutely help you in every area of your life. So I'll share with you first, I really struggled for many years uh, with this idea of follow your why, right? What is your why? Because I was doing so many things. And today in my business, I manage mergers and acquisitions. I do change leadership, consulting, and I also help kind and ambitious women achieve their dreams. And I have the Get Paid from the Stage program that's open to men and women. And it doesn't sound like there's a connection there, right? But there is. And that is my why, which is helping people get from where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow. And learning how to be a competent speaker is a thread that goes through all of those things I just shared. Because when you learn how to command the stage, you learn the power of a pause. You learn how to not speak with so many filler words that it erodes your message. You learn how to be very concise and succinct in the messages that you deliver. And you develop a type of confidence that is going to move with you through your career. When you go to that interview for that next position, you'll be more poised. You'll know that you can pause and collect your thoughts and you'll answer questions in a way that set you up as a thought leader, and they'll see the confidence in you as you go through that interview. And confidence is incredibly attractive, and it is something that organizations desperately want from their leaders. So when you come in confident, you share your ideas, you answer questions, you physically are poised, you are so much more likely to get that that position. The other thing that happens is when you're inside of a corporation, you're the go-to person. They want you to present on stage. They're looking to you to help articulate to customers and investors the, the plans for the future. And then as you move through your career, if like me, at some point you decide that you want to earn additional revenue and do that by speaking on the stage, you've already honed your speaking chops. So now it's just a process of now that I've honed my message, my thought leadership, and I know how to command a stage and interact with participants. Now I've just got to go build that package that's going to make my topics compelling and move me into that highly paid speaking arena. So this single skill, I believe, is the most important thing that you can develop, whether you're going down a corporate path 
an entrepreneurial path, or you have ambitious ambitions to become a professional speaker. I love the way you articulated that in that, the, you know, there are several steps that you need to take, but also you get all of these benefits. I wanted to drill in a little bit because I don't want this to get lost in translation about being a thought leader, right? And this is not just, you know, repeating other quotes of other visionaries that you may have read. This is about you receiving that information, processing it, and also applying it to the situation that you, you know, that you happen to be in, whether you're in a corporate or in an, or an entrepreneurial environment and being, being able to enhance that situation. How do you help people figure out that, uh, you know, this is a good thought leadership perspective and which ones are like, ah, you know, something you can sort of leave that to the side. Let's change it this way to enhance it and make it, uh, and make it more impactful. Well, I'll give you a thought before I answer the question. If you're not turning anybody off, you are not turning anybody on. So what happens many times is people want to be a thought leader, but they don't want anybody to be upset. They don't want to see negative comments in their thread. They don't want to get emails that say, what do you think you're doing? They want everybody to like them. When you're a thought leader, everybody is not going to like you. So earlier when I said lean into the things that bring you joy, when you said, you know, what advice would I give women? I'm going to take a slightly different slant on that and say lean into the things that you feel strongly about and really think about why do you feel strongly about that and what is your personal take on that, that topic. And now niche it down even further because if your thought leadership or your platform from the, from the stage is generic, a couple of things happen. You go into a big pool of tens of thousands of speakers that are exactly like you. You'll still get hired. You're not going to get hired as often, but you will still get hired. You also won't get paid as much because we don't pay generalists as much money as we pay people that have a specific skill set. So you're putting yourself into a group of generalists that's very large and you're cutting down the amount of money that you're going to make as a speaker. So just really taking a moment and leaning into what is it that you feel so strongly about that it influences your work and how can you take that and move forward developing a talk and a platform that's going to have you standing out as a thought leader. I love the way you articulated that between the generalist and the, and the, you know, and the specialist. I, for at least the first five or five to 10 years of my career, I was the generalist. I knew everything about everything. Right. And I thought I was the hottest thing since sliced bread because of that. And it wasn't until I started stagnating, you know, like mid mid career where I was like, you know, something that sucks, you know, first of all, I can't keep up right with all it would knowing everything about everything. It's a lot of everything, a lot of new things you need to catch up on. You're trying to figure out which is the stuff I could sort of like throw away. Like for me, when I went from, you know, being a windows expert, you know, a windows technician and I got my MCSE certification and all that. And then when I went to Mac, you know, uh, you know, on MacBooks and all that, I remember just all that windows knowledge just dissipating and it doesn't have to occupy any, <laughs> any more space in my head. And I was like, so pleased about that. I'm like, dude, this is really great. Right. And what happens is 
you know, like, I think it's also a, a, you know, like an interesting, an interesting point where, you know, like when, when you're going to school and you decide you want to be an English major, that pretty much makes you a generalist, right? But if you get yes, into, it does. if you want to be an architect, you want to be a journalist, you want to be a civil engineer, you know, like, or whatever, or you, whatever kind of speciality, you know, those people will make more money simply because they are doing a very specific and skilled job that even though I read and write English to a very high level, I will never be a journalist, right? I, it would take me hours to write something that other people can write in minutes, right? So I know my limitations. I move on from it and I hire those who are better in that zone of genius, you know, like than I am. I want to shift gears a little bit though and talk a little bit about that moment of truth. Right. That moment of truth where you get up on stage or when you stand up in a meeting and you need to project your thought leadershipness. Right. You need to get up there and a not make a fool of yourself. You need to make sure that you have your stuff together so that you are presenting something, as you said, concise and succinct. And, you know, you're getting the point across and that people like and engage with it. Uh, how do you help women approach that moment of truth, and then surpass it. How does that look in your world? So it's interesting because it's been such a journey for me that I don't focus as much on how to make them a great speaker. Now, I will give them advice on things that they need to do, steps they need to take to become a great speaker. Here's the honest truth. Becoming a competent speaker is simply miles under your sneakers. You have to get on that stage, stand up in front of people and do it over and over and over again. Now, are there things you can do to make that path shorter? Absolutely. So my number one tip is always to join Toastmasters. If you struggle in any way with speaking, it is an amazing organization of people who are also honing their speaking skills and they want to help you get better. And they do that through feedback and practice. And it's, it's low cost, really low barrier to go in and begin honing your speaking skills. And then you raise your hand every single time you have an opportunity to speak. I knew I needed to really work on this skill for a very long time. And what brought it home for me was I worked for IBM. My leader told me I was going to speak at an event. There were probably only 50 people in the audience, and I was crippled by it. I got up on that stage. I was shaking. I looked out in the audience, and I thought, oh, my gosh. If I really want to elevate my career, these are the people that are going to help me do that. I need to figure this thing out because I didn't completely bomb because I had practiced and I almost cried on the stage because I was so darn nervous. And I don't want that to happen to anybody else because it is a terrible, terrible feeling. So from that, I went to Toastmasters. I was diligent about honing my speaking skills. I did raise my hand every time. I used to hate standing up in front of five people in a conference room, like an like just your normal conference room speaking. So it really was an evolution for me. So my, my two tips are join Toastmasters or, or a similar type of organization that's going to help you hone your speaking skills and start raising your hand every chance you get. 
because it is that practice and it is that dedication to becoming a great speaker that's going to have you being able to speak at a moment's notice and having the confidence to speak on those larger stages. That is some really excellent advice. You know, I was in a co-working space a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. and there were Toastmaster meetings that would come in once a week and I started shadowing some of them. And what happened was it was really an amazing experience. First of all, you have these really motivated people that are looking to, to enhance a skill, which is not normally taught. You can't YouTube this thing, right? You can't, uh, that's right. You know, you can't really do this by yourself. You need to get up. You need to put that, uh, you need to put that effort in. You need to be heckled a little bit, right? You know, just to, even if it's friendly, right. You know, just some friendly, like, you know, every time you use an um word, you know, someone's got a, someone's going to ding you for it. Things like that. And what happens is that (laughs) it makes you, but it makes you so much a better speaker, right? It may, you know, and anyone who is a better speaker, it affects absolutely everything in your life. You know, you want to convince the barista at Starbucks to give you that free drink. You can do that. I mean, those are magical superpowers that people can, you know, that people can do. And then when you bring that into your sales life, into your dating life, into your relationships, you know, even, you know, you know, even when you're going lateral or talking down to your kids, you know, I'm selling my kids all day long, right? Well, you got to do your homework. No, dad, I don't want to. Well, here's why, you know, and now I start selling the benefits of why you need to do it, right? It is. The other thing. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, no. uh, I want to hear this. Oh, I was going to say the other thing that happens is your speaking becomes much more crisp. Because you're right, you get dinged on the ums and the ahs. You stop saying those in everyday conversation as well. I had a habit of dropping the G on the end of words. So coming, going, doing. I don't do that anymore because through the practice at Toastmasters and getting called on that so many times and then practicing that over and over again for every speech I delivered, I completely eliminated that habit. And it, creates a an impression that's so much stronger and grittier when your speaking is clear and you're you're enunciating your words properly. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Carla, where can people learn more about your company and how can they reach out to you directly? The really the best place to find me because I have I have so many different lines of business is LinkedIn. Um, Carla Howard on LinkedIn, my, in, in the URL you and the handle, you can also put the professional woman's mentor. I have a couple of different websites. So, you know, that gets a little bit challenging. You have one on the screen, uh, the professional woman's You can find me there. And I also have an Instagram rise sisters that you can come check me out there. Love interacting with people, learning what their challenges are and learning how I can help them. And I would love to connect on, on LinkedIn for those in your audience that are active there. Amazing. Carla, thank you for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. I love nerding out on this stuff. And I really appreciate the inspirational tone, you know, with the actionable advice that you're bringing. This is going to be a great episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, gosh, thank you. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. 
The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.